Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. And Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Good morning, everybody. We throw open the doors of the locker room, and of course, the first guy that I got to greet right away is, of course, Max Starks. Max, from the Valley of the Sun, I love to say that's got to be a nice thing. The Valley of the Sun. How nice. Yeah. I mean, it sounds very ancient and Mayan, so I appreciate that. I feel like I should have, like, a sun disc when I greet everybody that comes out to Arizona. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, you know, i got to ask you something, because I remember you said, wasn't it you that rehabbed his knee by climbing Camelback Mountain down there? Yeah, I, I did mountain climbing. It wasn't necessarily – it wasn't Camelback okay. at the beginning. It was uh, Pinnacle Peak. Um, was what I did for, okay. for my ACL rehab, yeah. All right, so describe to me what that was like. Is it, again, you know, this is how my brain works. I got totally absorbed to do, I'm, this is what we're going to open with, and then as soon as the music starts, I forget, and then I look at you, Max, and go, hey, you know something, I remember you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so if you would, take us through That's some of that. radio. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it, again, this is, this is uh, what, what, I, what I refer to as ramnesia. You know, from ramming yeah. your head, you get a little bit of amnesia about what you're going to talk about. But tell us a little yeah. bit about that, because I always found that fascinating. Yeah, so when I tore, when I tore my ACL, um, you know, obviously I had to do my protocols in Pittsburgh. But then, as soon as I was able, I, ca- I and I harped on Norwig, like, "Hey, Norwig, I need to get out to AZ to do my my rehab. I need to go. Why are you trying to leave? I need to go to AZ to do my rehab because <laughs> a it's cold in Pittsburgh and, right? you don't, and you don't move as much because I, I had you know because they give you this thing. It's called a um, a CPM machine, which is a continual right. passive movement. Right. And it like moves your knee for you. But I'm like, you know, sitting down for 30 minutes, attaching myself to a contraption to move me when I know I can get out and move in Arizona. Right. It's not snowing. Um, so I, I, you know, got to the Exos and we, we did some rehab stuff. We were doing some more movement stuff. And they were like, you know, what? hiking would be really good. I was like, what? They're like, yeah, yeah. If you, if you hike because it forces your knee to stabilize as you walk on uneven surfaces and and at the uphill inclines, the down the downgrades, right. it forces your knee to naturally work and start to strengthen itself on its own. So 
they were like, take it easy, do do like Pinnacle Peak, do some flat paths um, that are built in. And so I started on Pinnacle Peak, which Pinnacle Peak is not as is not as easy as they made it seem the okay. first time I stepped out there. Don't you hate <laughs> when they do that? You know, I they kind of they bring you along. And go, oh, Pinnacle Peak, it's not, it's no big deal, and then it's killing you. Yeah, exactly. Then you realize why there's a peak in the name because that means it's up high. So there's like all, so when you first get to Pinnacle Peak State Park, there's these switchbacks that go back and forth, back and forth, like oh. up for like you know about 700 feet. So you're like, really? This is the flat path they were talking about? I guess because it was switchbacks, and I wasn't actually climbing with my hands and my feet. I guess that's what they thought was easy. Um, so you get there, you do that, but then it does flatten out at the top. Um, and there's an elevation. Then you kind of go down again, and then there's a gradual uphill grade, and then there's a steep downgrade of, like, steps. Ooh. And then you climb up the other side. So, I mean, I, I did that literally every day for about a month and a half. Wow. Um, How long would it t- one trip take? One trip would take about an hour and 45 minutes to Ooh. do it. It's, it's, it's a two-mile, two like, trail that they have built right. in there. And I, I mean, I did that for a month and a half, and then right afterwards, I go straight to rehab over at Exos, and then I take a break, and then we do drills on the field to get me back in football movements. Right. Then another therapy session, and then I do my lifting, my lifting schedule, and then that was my day. And it was literally Groundhog Day every yes. day for that month and a half. But it's what allowed me to come back because when I got back to Pittsburgh. Um, I was I, I never forget this. I I came in and it was that Batman it was the Batman premiere. Right. The one that was filmed in Pittsburgh. Oh um, how cool. And that was my six month follow up. And so I'll never forget. I go to Bradley's office. He's checking me. He's like, Okay, get, give me your gate. You know, walk down the hallway, walk back. Let me just let me just judge No sashaying. Yeah, Stop yeah, saying yeah, yeah. no sashaying yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. So I so I walk and come back, and then he tests my knee, and then he's like, he's like, w- w- when did we do the surgery? I was like, uh, February. Huh. <laughs> Flip through some more pages. I'll be right back. And then he leaves for like 10 minutes. So I'm just sitting in the office. I'm like, man, dude, I got to. You know, I got to get to this premiere. Thomas, Thomas, right. you know, Thomas Toll was like, hey, Max, come, come to the premiere. It's right down the street from your house. I'm like, definitely, because I live downtown at the time. Mm-hmm. And... I'm like, all right, cool. And then Bradley comes in. He's like, hey, uh, you got to go check in with Norwig now. I was like, what? But I, Norwig sent me here. He's like, oh, you got to go back and check with us. So, <laughs> so I go. So I drive back down to the south side from Bradley's right. office, and I'm sitting there. And Norwig's like, hey, hey, Max, uh, let me just see the knee real fast. Here, walk, walk back and forth in the training room. Oh, all right, my and he's like. Let, let, let's test it. Boom. Left, right, up, down. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Bradley was right. I was like, what do you mean Bradley was right? No, nothing. Hold on. Hey, <laughs> no, nothing. Office. No, yeah, tell exactly. me something. <laughs> so then he goes in his office, closes the door. Remember, Norwig's office is glass. Right. So it's not like he's going into like this silo that you can't see him. Right. And he's on the phone and then he's like, all right, cool. And he hangs up. He's like, all right, need you to hang around till Omar gets back. Like, <laughs> what? Why do I need to see Omar? It's like, oh, oh, yeah. They, no, they they just want to talk to you about something. I'm like, because I'm because at this point I'm a free agent, Wolf. Okay, like right. so that's why I'm like I'm trying to get cleared so I can go at least start to try and figure out if I'm gonna have a job somewhere. Right, because no doubt. At this point, they still haven't said anything to. Me. I'm just in town for my six month checkup, 
and I'm headed back to AZ. I was going to go to the premiere, take my wife, and then the next day I was back out to AZ because uh, she was working here in Pittsburgh at, 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 well, in Pittsburgh at the time. So I'm sitting there. I'm waiting. It's like an hour. I'm like, dude, I'm like, like I can't walk in the locker room because my locker's not there anymore. Right, right. <laughs> because it's been cleared out. Yeah. So, so I'm sitting there. I'm like, man, what am I going to do here? You know, you feel like a visitor in your own home. Oh, I know. Right? Because <laughs> I've been there at that point. <laughs> yeah, I've been there eight years. So I'm like, and to be there and not have a place um, was weird. And then Omar finally says, all right, yeah, we talked to Eugene. We got the contract worked out here. Come on upstairs and sign. I was like, what? What? <laughs> I love this. This like, is great. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're signing you back. I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. Like, let me call my agent. Let, let me go step off into a room and make <laughs> <Yeah>. a call. <laughs> can I borrow your glass enclosed room there for a moment? Please? Yeah, exactly. Can I, can, I, can I borrow your cone of silence and get smart? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, and so Eugene's like, yeah, no, no, they, dude. I don't know what you did, Max, but they, they called me all in a tissy, um, wanted to get you resigned. I was like. Okay, but what what was it? They're like your knee rehab faster than they thought. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, all right, cool. okay. I was like, am I going to start on pup though? Because <laughs> like I because like I hadn't played football. I did no OTAs. Right. I did none of that. <laughs> like I've been just straight rehab since February. And he's like, yeah, no, no, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And uh, so yeah, so that's how I ended up in Steelers camp. You know, three weeks before and re-signed my last year that I did play in Pittsburgh. That is really cool. It was all cool. because of walking on the mountains. Walking on the mountains. <laughs> the man went up on the mountain, kept on going. That's just yeah. fabulous. You know, the- I didn't come back. I didn't come back with two tablets like Moses, but I did come back with a contract. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got you got what you needed. Okay, not what the yeah. Israelites needed. You got what yeah, you needed. Exactly. Oh, well, that's fabulous. I got it for Steelers Nation. I got what Steelers Nation needed. See, ah, ah. <laughs> very good. I like that. I like yeah. that. All right, we're going to move ahead because what we want to do is um, talk a little bit about some of the rookies now. Um, get you back yeah. on. Oh, did you just disappear from my computer? Uh, no, you are frozen on my uh, on my end. You were so. frozen on my end. Uh-oh. It says an unknown error occurred. So oh, we yeah. have well, to uh-oh. Just bumped you out so we can we can rejoin. We're going to have to do this. The good thing is we're still connected. Uh, yeah, exactly so. Um, let me uh let me just see this for a second. Okay, while we're doing this, I got to ask you something and we'll get, you know what, don't worry about it. We'll get to it in the break here. Got to ask you about some of the rookies because the rookies are coming along. We're in the middle of the bye week. And one of the things that uh, is really, when you take a look back, you know, you look at the contribution of some of the rookies. And I got to tell you, the one guy that came off a game with which with a high score, and it wasn't because he had an overload of snaps. Uh, Trey Norwood only had like 15 snaps um, in compared to, you know, some of the other guys uh, out there doing the full 65 or so, but the fact is, Trey Norwood has contributed much more than what I anticipated he would have contributed to this point, and he's really done a good job. I mean, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, he graded out at almost ninety-three percent, which, you know, those are arbitrary grades, and I don't put ginormous amount of stock in them, but it does give you some sort of perspective on what these young people are doing. And Trey Norwood is one of these guys that has really come along, in my opinion, and done a good job, Max. Yeah, no, I, I mean, Trey Norwood, I think the split of overall defensive snaps that he had was right at about 50% of them uh, thus far. So, 
when you look at that, I mean, he's been involved in a lot of the defensive plays. And then I think the only other ones was, you know, James Pierre had like 60%. I think Arthur Millette was sitting there right around like 38 to 40% of snaps. I mean, that's a lot of snaps for young guys in a secondary. So, which means, A, the Steelers are deploring more defensive backs in their, in their, in their configurations. Um, and also, it means that they have a lot more trust in these guys if they're, if they're going to put them in. Because you remember, they traded for Akilah Witherspoon from the Seahawks. Right. And we, we, had, we, we, we saw very limited action of him because I think because they didn't trust the rookies, and now they've earned that trust. And that's why Witherspoon has not been um, really a part of the defense as of right now because because of Norwood, because of Pierre, because of Millette coming in and actually playing a lot more and playing a lot better. I mean, you look at, yes, Trey Norwood played in 15 snaps, but think about three of those snaps. Three of those 15 were kabam, boom, right. game-changing type plays when he was in. So they're getting more and more comfortable. And I think that's a great sign when you're talking about sustaining for the future and building for the future. That's how you do it, right? You, you get guys in here young. You get them into the system where they don't have any preconceived notions, and they continue to grow within the system. And then now you're building the depth of your team and the future of your team. You know, one of the things I was so impressed with Norwood was – Watching him, if you remember that screen, I think it was Freddie Swain that he busted up and 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 knocked him for a four yard loss. Uh, if I recall, it, re, regardless if it was Swain or another receiver, Penny Hart, I can't remember, um, but it was a four yard loss and it was in the fourth quarter of some uh, at, at, at that point in time. And it reminded me of his growth from Philadelphia when he blew a, a screen. Um, did, got blocked, missed the guy, and chased him down, but it was too late. And the, and the, in Philadelphia, and the receiver went for big yardage touchdown. And I kept thinking, wow, what a difference between that preseason game. This And this is exactly what you want to see. You know, that's why you have the preseason. It gives you some sort of base and foundation upon which to gain perspective and judge where these young guys are. And one of the great advantages for being – you know, able to watch them on a daily basis and watch them uh, on a weekly basis is their growth in, in, in their, their skill sets. And to see Trey come along and make the play uh, here some weeks after, you know, messing it up in Philadelphia uh, weeks ago, a couple months ago, that's growth. That's progress. That's what you want to see. So kudos to the young man because, you know, starting off with – when he decked DK Metcalf on that first pass play in the first series, that was impressive. But to finish off in the fourth quarter, making a big hit by beating the blocker at the point of attack on a bubble screen and taking the man down for a four-yard loss, it says to me he remembers what happened a couple months ago. He's learned from it, and he's moved forward. Yeah, and, and now it's becoming instinctual, right? That That's the next thing. Instincts start to kick in, right? Because he has that reference, right, of a couple months ago in the preseason where he got beat on that. Now he's – and now he knows and he recognizes probably when he saw the tackle start to slide out, you know, and, and the other receiver kind of start to just wiggle in place and look back at the quarterback. That gave him a key, and he just instinctually said, boom, attack blow through, he weaved past the tackle and then got in between the receiver and made a great hit because he's seen it before. And that's the biggest thing like with young guys. We always talk about what the experience is. That is it right there in a nutshell is that I've seen it, I've failed at it, 
So when it happens again, I'm not going to fail again, and I'm going to attack it full speed, and that's exactly what he did. And that, that's a sign of growth, right? That's a sign Absolutely. that you learn from your mistakes. So it, it, it's great to see these young men, you know, getting to a point where they can be more instinctual and play off of experience versus having to think, think through a schematic or a diagram or something that was drawn up on the grease board. No question about it. You know, um, you laid it out perfectly so. Again, that growth progress, it's nice to see that going into the bye, you've made that progress. You've made that leap, your understanding of the game. And I hope that we get to see more out of them. I know before we go to break here, the one biggest thing in my mind defensively that hurts us so much was the loss of Tyson Alu-Alu and what he meant to the inside running game and the dominating uh, effect he had on the inside when he played that nose tackle and when he could play that, that three technique defensive tackle. Um, we we got to explore more of that, but we got more rookies to talk about coming up after this. You're in the locker room with Wolf Starks and the Ninjas, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right, welcome back, everybody. As we go about our business here, and of course, there's always something new happening, something that uh, can be a little bit uh, confusing. But, you know, they we're trying to connect, reconnect with Max, who is in the Valley of the Sun in Phoenix, and do this by Zoom, but regardless, we got Max here uh, in my head, right? <laughs> you there, Max? I, I, I am still here <laughs> in your head, Wolf. It's I a bugaboo. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like the it's it's a whole chorus of voices in there. I remember the first time I started doing a little bit of like a TV with an IFB in my ear, and it was like the most frustrating experience. And the the, the director said, "What is the matter?" I said. There's too many voices in my head. 
and he just just looked at me and i went yeah it's like a chorus man okay you know back off dude (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly just let it be let it be they're fine right now just fine yeah everybody's quiet everything if i had to write a book max it would be it would be labeled everything upstairs is pretty quiet now (laughs) (laughs) yeah all's well that ends well right yeah there you go (laughs) absolutely my friend now all right so we're talking a little bit about the rookies you know you want to see where the rookies are have have begun where they've come to uh one of the highest scores according to pro football focus which is uh you know a lot of people put a lot of stock in it i i think it just gives you one metric of of observation that but your your best as, as always is your own eyes your own eyes tell you you know what's going on and, and 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 you know i don't worry about the percentages you can tell if a player's getting the job done not getting the job done and max i think one of the guys that has been getting the job done in a better way than any of us maybe anticipated or some of you some people you know thought this guy was really going to excel in all areas he's a better pass catcher than he is a pass blocker but he's a better pass blocker than he is a run blocker but he's been moving along in all those three all three areas upgrading his skills and i think pat fryermuth is a guy that coming out of the the bye week i expect to see more of this guy yeah no i i think it's something to be said i mean i think he's what i think of his targets he's only missed like three targets <laughs> yeah something like, ridiculous like it, it's ridiculously low. He went, he went, what, seven for seven, um, you know, last week. And that, that, that's just that dependability. When you think of a tight end traditionally, especially in the Steelers' offense, it's dependability. Right. Um, and I think we've kind of missed that a little bit. You know, we've had the, the, the big plays from them, but not the consistency. Uh, you know, you look at, like, a Vance McDonald, right? You know, Vance. The Vanimal. Really good. The Vanimal, but the Vanimal definitely, you know, broke down a couple times, um, you know, and you, you missed him, but you realize, okay, health is an issue. And then, of course, with Eric Ebron, he's more receiver than tight end. He right. can give you the explosive plays, but the consistency and the run blocking is not there. So you've got Pat Fryermuth here, who is very dependable hands, right? His hands have, like, stick them growing out of them. Right. Like, you know, it's just – it's a natural just catch – fly swatter type of deal or fly, fly stick what was that called fly trap fly trap okay uh, yeah so you have that plus he's a he, he he's a willing blocker and yes. he wants to get better and he's gotten better at blocking so when you think of and this is just a rookie we're talking about right right you're having to learn offensive protections and pass patterns and different schemes on motions like it's a lot to take in as a as a as a true rookie and he has just inserted himself and made himself a force and has started games for this team. And I think that's a huge, you know, kind of check check on the uh on, on the on the on when you're looking at the rookie checklist. Like he's doing it all. I think he does need a, a larger role. And I think with the Juju injury, this is the first opportunity where we're really gonna get to see him shine. And he did. He went seven to seven. He had seven yeah. catches. So it shows that he can do the job. And for the Steelers offense and evolving, you're, he's going to be included in that because that means more tight end sets uh, when you lose a receiver to the degree that Juju is because Juju was your hybrid. 
he was the receiver slash H-back type of player for you where he could go in motion, go dig a guy out, but also, you know, go get that tough catch across the middle. And that's normally reserved for what? An H-back tight end type. Right. That's going to go dig out a safety. That's going to go hit a guy in motion and then go and secure the middle of the field between the seams. So now you have that tight end where you say, hey, Pat, we can get you to do that because that's technically your title. And there's a need or a void there where we're going to need that guy to go in and be that basketball type player, box a guy out and go get us that tough catch because he's proven he can do it already through the first six games. You know, I, I like how you highlight his ability to use, you know, use, use the, playing a little butt ball on the inside. You know, you get the keys yeah. from back there and you, you post up on guys. But one of the qualities that you need on that inside slot receiver type of thing is the ability to see what, kind of what the quarterback's seeing. you got to really see what he's looking at. You, you look at the safeties, the quarterback is, you know, viewing where the safeties are, too high, one high, one box, that whatever. Um, the occasional zero coverage when, okay, get, get the ball out of your hand, man. All right, so you, 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 on the inside there, it's about really kind of viewing what the quarterback's viewing and having that same sort of sense of where you need to be to give the best throwing lane to your quarterback. And he's done that, I think, very, very well early on. The other thing, as we talked about a couple days ago, was the fact, we're, we, at least for me, his ability to – you know, run some of those out patterns and do so while while being able to press into the defender or go see the angle and not let a guy undercut his route. That's important. I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys you can run an out route. It's matter of fact, in my career, one time I had to play tight end. I actually had to go out into the slot. You know, they moved me out, yeah. and I had to run an out route, which after the game. Uh, in the movies, in the, you know, when we were watching the films, the game films, Coach Noel told me it was the slowest out route he'd ever seen. <laughs> there we go. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. I re- it was hey. it was the Miami defender who was, you know, one of the – they had a corner on me. It was like, you're kidding me. <laughs> he was He's like laughing. He's jogging beside me as I'm, I'm run, trying to run like crazy on the out route. And he's like jogging. And he goes, hey, hey, fatty, slow up, would you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. Listen, I'm, try- I'm trying to keep my, my RPMs down, okay? I'm All trying right. not to laugh. This, this, He's like, I'm trying not to laugh too hard at you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This, this is my off play because we know you're the decoy. Uh, hey, but at least you ran the pattern. Like, I told you about my experience. My one time I got to run a pass was on goal line, and they stick Ike Taylor on me. Oh, I was like, really? Oh. Really? This is not even fair. No. Nope. And then I... And then Ike pulls my one my one good hand down because I had the cast on the other hand, <laughs> you know. But I mean, but here's the other thing that that that's the unsung stuff, right? When we talk about what it means to be a player on the team, where it's like, just use me, coach. You know, I want to be in. I want to help the team get better. Right. You help the team get better there. You ran that decoy out, and you know what? You might have lulled that corner to sleep, and then he might have got beat on the next play, burned deep because he was still thinking about. <laughs> how slow he ran that out route coverage. You know what I'm saying? Like, you actually might have helped save a game there, Wolf. You I'm never know. Saying, you never you never know. Did you guys win the game? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yeah, we did. See? Yeah. Exactly. Point, I, I see, contributed to the victory. 
You did. You contributed to a DB getting burnt later in the game. <laughs> That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I like that. Hey, hey, l- listen, listen. Once again, time makes everything funny and better. It gets grander the older you get. That's how you have to sell that story from now on. <laughs> I like it. I think you're absolutely correct. Uh, you know, it's like it's like I always uh, I believe in the Myron Cope mantra: never let facts stand in the way of a good story. You know, exactly. <laughs> and, and look, it's just between you and you and I. Nobody else will know. Nobody knows who's listening no. here, right? Now, who's li- who's listening? Just the entire Steelers Nation. But Steelers Nation, when he tells the story, don't give the cough like <clears throat> like you heard it. Act, act excited for him because there's probably people that haven't heard it and they didn't hear our brainstorming session. Okay, just do me a favor there, Steelers Nation. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Absolutely. <laughs> Signed, your pal Max. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the next guy. That's let's talk about Kendrick Green, what he's done thus far. Um, you know, I got to tell you, I I was I really wondered about inserting him immediately as the starting center. I think this young man has shown some prodigious growth. He's obviously still got some deficiencies that he's got to work on, uh, but overall, I love his competitiveness. I love his quote-unquote demeanor. I love his ability to get after guys and go after them like they tried to steal his lunch money or something. You know what I mean? He he finishes blocks with um, with an attitude, and I think that's something that is good to see that is still prevalent in today's game. As much as it used to be back in, in our eras, but yours and then even more so mine, just because, you know, it was – you know, people don't understand just how brutal the 70s were. I mean, I, I, when I came along, you know, and, and I'm in the 80s, and, and I, I watched film from some of the 70s guys, and it was like football was really <laughs> – there was a lot of, uh, you know, cheap shots and everything else going on, and it was still there. And then it's only been since, you know, the James Harrison, um, you know, with the uh, hit on uh, – uh, the couple of brownies and so forth. He got in trouble and got lit up with oh, the, yeah, the, the commissioner. Oh, yeah, cribs. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. There goes the you know the the wildcat <laughs> when he dropped yeah. cribs. Um, but <laughs> yeah, that exactly. you know the game has changed. But you know, and an attitude of finishing blocks. That's something that you need from your offensive lineman. No, you absolutely need that. And, and hey, listen, this is what ten games at center total for for yes. Kendrick Green. Right. I mean, you know, that that's where I think we kind of get a little lost in it, and especially, you know, for fans in the media, it's it's this kid is not it was not a purebred center like Dermani Dawson, right? You know, it, he wasn't like Mike Webster, he wasn't like Marquise Pouncey, he wasn't Jeff Hardings, like this dude played defensive line when he stepped into college and then went to guard and then transferred over to center. Um so there's a lot that he still has to learn, but I will say this. Listen, you can't teach the aggressive nature, right? Right. You can't teach tenacity and just the overall toughness that he has. Yes, he's going to get beat, but guess what? He's going to get beat going 100 miles an hour. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not in him, so he's still learning the nuances and the touch things. But I'll tell you what, in the run game, when it's simple, and like I said, you know, li- eliminating a lot of the pre-snap motion has helped him a lot. And when you see the successful plays, it's because they weren't motioning, you know, a whole bunch. It allows him to stay on point. So when he does make his mic point and you get into the cadence, he already knows where he's going. So now he's focusing on his responsibilities and his technique at that point. Um, Whereas 
things can change on the fly, which that's a more nuanced thing. You can right. do that with Marquise Pouncey, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and you can do that with a career center, but for a newer center getting his paces and literally every snap is an experience builder. Um, you know, you have to keep it a little bit simpler for him at this current time. But I think when he is at his best, he looks really good and it's going to be good for years to come. But it's the learning curve that he has to get past. It's just and, and, and nobody can fight it. Right. You everybody has to go through a learning. curve. Right. He's just going through it at the pro level versus at the collegiate level where a lot of our centers do come from. Excellently put. All right. You know what? We're going to come yeah. back with more because Max is on a roll. He's just, my man is on a roll. Yeah. You know, whether it's Camelback, Pinnacle Peak, or talking about rookies, he's on a roll. <laughs> we'll be back I, after this. I'm there. <laughs> And Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back, everybody. And uh, Max and I have been running down talking about the rookies, but I'm laughing because I'm thinking about, you know, Tom Petty learning to fly. Max, you know, my wife, she was in the Air Force. You know, she was, uh, she became a pilot, got a pilot's license and stuff. I flew with her once, right? Now, yeah. I flew in a small plane. This is really putting your life in your spouse's hands. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so there we are. We're out at the airport. She's going to go up with her inst- her instructor and, and you know, fly. And I've, I asked, you know, why do you? Oh, we got to burn some fuel off. Okay. Okay. we got to burn some fuel off. I'm not really understanding that because I'm a fat pig. You know, maybe you got too much fuel. You got to burn some off to get it away. So while I'm waiting, I figure... Well, I might as well go get something to eat. <laughs> of, cor- uh, of, of course. Of course. <laughs> and, and when they come back down and they were about ready to go up there, it was hilarious. They look and go, where'd you go? I go, oh, I just went over to, you know, there's a cafe or something over there and, you know, ate a bunch of eggs and toast and stuff like that. And they're like, you know, we're burning off fuel because you weigh a little bit too much, you know. Uh, and I was just kind of <laughs> like, oh, really? I didn't really understand what that was all so, about. So by by having this cheeseburger, you're saying I have to burn some more fuel than we already planned on burning because of my weight. Thank you. I'm not self conscious anymore. <laughs> I'm feeling I'm feeling very lowly about myself. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back, everybody. It's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And we've been running down rookies and how they've performed thus far. Some of the Rookies that we want to talk about, and uh, you know, one of the guys that uh, obviously one of the big guys that we got to talk about is Najee Harris, um, and what his contributions have been thus far in the season over the course of the first six games. Max, 
Um, you got to love what this kid brings, a, a true three-down back. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, think about this. Uh, Najee has already rushed the ball 102 times, which is tied for third in the NFL for running backs, right? But then you go and you look at his receiving stats, and he is he is right he is tied with Deontay Johnson, 34 receptions, um, and he also has two receiving touchdowns, um, and both of those are 20 plus receiving touchdowns mm. that that right there tells you all you need to know right <laughs> right <laughs> he he's tied for third in attempts and i think he's number seven in rush i think he's number seven in rushing like behind like lamar jackson and you know um the like um nick chubb and company but i think when you look at it the fact that a three down back but a multifaceted back meaning he can not only rush catch but he also blocks yeah. so when you get that trifecta alone there's a reason why he's on the field for about what 90 percent of the offensive snaps like the only person like really outpacing him right now would be ben because he's a quarterback in the offensive line that's it right and he's just as much as a staple um as the rest of those guys you know when you're thinking of the top seven like he's he's right there you want him in the game. He is a difference maker when he's in the game. And it's ju- ju- justified by his workload. I mean, you're talking about 136 total touches through six games. Like, that's that's where it's unheard of. Um, just because a rookie, when I'm looking at the list, even in the receivers, like, I'm struggling to find, he is the first rookie that comes up on the list of receivers mm-hmm. and he's a running back like he's tied with Deontay he's tied with DeAndre Swift um Jacoby Myers has has a couple more than him Stefan Diggs Adam Thielen stop me when you haven't heard these receiving right Jalen right. Waddle Travis Kelsey Keenan Keenan Allen Brandon Cooks DJ Moore Justin Jefferson Devontae Adams Tyreek Hill and Cooper Cup I would those say the guys in front of him yeah I've heard all those <laughs> names before somewhere yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. You've heard, you've heard them a time or two. And then when we go to the rushing, okay, Derrick Henry's number one, Nick Chubb number two, Zeke Elliott, Joe Mixon, Jonathan Taylor, James Robinson, Lamar Jackson, and then boom, right there, Najee Harris. I'd say this overall, pretty good scouting report on what he's able to accomplish. You know, one of the things that excites me about it is this is just with an offensive line that is just beginning to find itself you know, figure out what, what, what they're capable of doing. This is a, an offensive line that's got a lot of upside growth pattern to it. And this is a young man, that and being Najee, who's just experiencing, you know, what it means to come out week in, week out right now at such a high level and, and be that guy, which, you know, he did at Alabama, no question. But it's always a, a harder thing when you make that jump into the pros because the offensive concepts are a little bit advanced. And so – his ability to be able to be so uh, dominant in, in pass catching and doing such a good job of running, even when the run blocking has not been, you know, probably what he's used to in Alabama. The fact is he's still showing those capabilities of pushing the pile. He can, I loved when they got him outside against Seattle. They pitched the ball to him and let him get in some of the open field and get out there and, and have a go at it. Um, I think his ability to run the cutback started looking better you know, where he started to really see 
where some of the holes on the backside were rather than, you know, just keeping it to the center front side, that sort of thing. Um, it, if he continues in this vein, I, I think it's his upswing is just going to be ginormous. And you love the fact that this kid is so multi-talented and such a contributor, contributor this early in the season. Yeah, and, and just to further uh, continue to bludgeon this point home. Uh, you know, <laughs> hey, hey why, that's what why, we why, do. Why? Nobody beats a dead horse better than we do. Yeah, exactly. Why use a regular hammer when I can use a sledgehammer to hit the nail in? <laughs> it's faster. It takes less time. Um, <clears throat> when we're talking about rookie performances so far, I said he was seventh in rushing, right? Right. The next closest rookie is Javante Williams at 24th mm. on the rushing list. Receiving, the next closest rookie is Jamar Chase, and he and Jamar Chase is at 44th. Mm. And Najee, Najee's in, in, is, is, in the, is in the top 10 um, of that list. So just to put it in perspective, one, two, three. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. He's number 13. I apologize. 13. Uh, oh, my goodness. I was off by your, your, your math but, is just terrible. Yeah, I know. My math is terrible. Coming right from now. a guy um, that flunked math <laughs> twice in yeah. high school. But that alone, we're, and that's just the offensive rookie um, pace. But thinking about the overall NFL scope, I mean, he is one of the most valuable offensive pieces because he's in two categories in the top 25 and top 15 in both. So when you think about that and you think about what Najee's production means, there's a reason why we're, we're having success. These last two games of our two-game win streak, what has he done really well, Wolf? He's run the ball. That's right. And he's gotten the touches to do that. Yes. He's been in the 20-plus range the last two weeks, and we've won the last two weeks. Not saying it's a habit, but it's a trend that we're setting. It's a trajectory that we're setting. Because in the losses, he carried the ball less than 20 times, right? I mean, even the 14 and 14 game, you know, where he had 14 rushes and 14 passes. We lost that game. But when, when he's rushed 20 times, when you've shifted the receptions to rushes, it has made a difference because that shows a willingness to run the football. It shows a, an incentive or a determination to run the ball. And, yes, it didn't, it didn't look pretty early on. But we kept at it, and we kept breaking, breaking through that wall one hit at a time, and it finally started breaking. But it creates a mindset that when you play against the Steelers, we're going to hit you. We're going to run at you multiple times. Don't think that you can, you know, you can outpunch us to stop us from rushing. All right, last one before we go to the break. Isaiah Loudermilk. Somebody, I got to tell you something. I, I, I like the flashes I saw of him in camp and preseason. Then he kind of seemed to, I don't know, just kind of flatten out, a little flat line. Um, one of the things that I've noticed is his ability to take on the double team is better. His ability to get the lockout and keep his body leverage and play his gap looked much better. Now, he only had, what, seven, eight snaps against um, Seattle here uh, this past week. But, you know, one of them was a good stop defensively. He was out there for a good stop, a third down stop or whatever it was uh, on a run play. But, you know, he is a guy I look at. you got to love 6'7". Six, 6'7 seven. Six, seven in the middle of a line, you know, with all the drag routes they run across the middle and stuff like that. 
getting your hands up and being productive and creating a well on a pass rush that the quarterback has to throw from out of and also be distracting on the crossing routes and in some of the stuff he did his he is pretty I, I like the way he disengages and gets off some of the blocks he's been showing me a better aptitude and being able to get off the blocks and be able to get after whatever wherever the ball carrier is yeah, and I think that, and that, that's also, think about where he is on the depth chart. He's behind Cam Hayward and Chris Wormley. Right. You know, how, how tough is that, right, to, to get into the lineup behind those two? Yeah. Uh, you know. It, you're not going anywhere things. real fast. Yeah, it's like sitting at the deli counter and you're looking at the list like now serving number <laughs> number 26 and, and your your ticket says 85. You're like, oh, God, <laughs> Let me go do the rest of my shopping and come back. I mean, that's essentially he's behind Cam, who's an every down player, yes. every snap type of guy. And then Chris Wormley is also that type of guy. And both and both Cam and Chris, you want them in there because guess what? They're getting you pass deflections yep. as well. So for, for Isaiah to actually get in there at some point and then make a difference when he's in there, that's huge yes. because it takes – a four-down lineman from college to convert to a three-four lineman, it takes him about two to three years. They need to mature, this, and that's how John Mitchell's always done it, right? Right. You've never seen a rookie come in and play immediately here. You know, try and the last rookie was Casey Hampton, and right. that's because Casey Hampton was built like a boulder. Yes, he was an anomaly. <laughs> Yeah, you couldn't move Casey. That's the reason why. The reason why he started was because you couldn't move him off the field physically. So <laughs> it was like, okay, yeah, second team in. Oh, Casey's still in there. Yeah, Come on, Casey, come off the field. You got to roll. Got to roll it <laughs> off. Roll it off. No, somebody else needs reps. I mean, essentially, that's what you're doing. And so when you think of that, if that's your par for the course and that's that nose tackle, think about how it is as a DN to learn that. Especially oh, yeah. when you've been a three technique or a five technique in college where you're just taught to penetrate, penetrate, you know, knife. And now it's like, no, 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 you got to hold up. I need you to stay on where you start at the line of scrimmage pre-snap. That's where I need you to be at the end of the snap. Yeah. If not further behind the line of scrimmage. So that takes a lot of finessing and a lot of nuance to get to that point to where you can engage with one guy and use your hip and your body to cover up another guy to feed everything to your linebackers. And the fact that he's doing it this early and still making a difference, I think is a huge step in the direction for the development of Isaiah Loudermilk because that's what it's going to take. And that's when we talk about building depth. You know, this is important that he's getting the reps, even if it's seven or eight a game, because when you get to November, December, uh, when you're in that playoff hunt now in January, because we have a 17th game, um, you've got to have guys that have that experience because as it get co it gets colder – the bruises, the bruises manifest themselves more often, and they're more prominent. <laughs> you know, yeah. Isn't that the truth? Oh gosh, you get hit, you get hit at ten degrees. That bruise is going to stay there because it's is is it's freezing up. It has a natural ice pack when <laughs> when the air hits, so it just knots up right there on you. <laughs> well, uh, you know, hey, yeah, I will so say this. Good. Yeah, no, no question about it. And it's coming. The weather is coming. You can feel it up here. I know you don't feel it in the Valley of the Sun, my friend. But let me tell you, that cold weather is coming. All right, we'll hey, be back. 63. With... Oh, it's 63 Oh, right my now. heart just bleeds for you, poor guy. It's so. The high is 88. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm managing. I'm managing. You're that. managing. So good. <laughs> All right. Max Starks, Craig Wolfley. We'll be back with more from the ninjas in the locker room right here on ESPN Pittsburgh. 
Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards.